Welcome, everybody, to the Northern Fathers podcast. I'm Father Will. And I'm Father Matt. And it has officially been one week. It's our one week anniversary of the podcast, Father Matt. Happy anniversary. Is that, is that officially an anniversary? Does it have to be near? I don't know. It's it's one week since we've been in this social distancing initiative and And how it feels so much shorter. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Seriously, I mean I just I honestly I can't believe it's been a week. I, I can't believe it's been a week since we've had a, a public mass and uh, it's been a week since We've really spent a significant amount of time in our parish with our people. So it's just kind of, it's just crazy to me. And, uh, you know, yesterday we had a parish leadership uh, team meeting, which is with myself and some staff members. And uh, I was just asking everybody, like, how are you? Like, what's going on in your life right now with your family? And my, my principal told this story that just made me die laughing. I really feel for him because uh, it didn't exactly make him laugh. But I asked him if, if I could have permission to share this at some point uh, in the uh, on the podcast. And he said, yes. So I'm going to I'm going to tell you this story. But uh, so my principal has uh, three very young boys. His oldest is uh, in kindergarten. OK. And uh, one of the things that we do at our parish on Sundays and uh, I think, you know, this father, Matt, we give donuts out. At the end of mass, we have donuts and coffee. We all go. Yeah. <laughs> we could trade every once in a while. No. Uh, but we have donuts and coffee. And uh, my principal with his boys, he says, hey, if you're good at mass, we'll go over and we'll have a donut after mass. Okay. Well, this Sunday was their first uh, live streamed home mass for Sunday. Okay. And so he wanted to make it kind of special and and try to create as close of an environment to church as possible. So Saturday night when they were asleep, he went out and bought donuts, right? And he came back home and he put the donuts on top of the fridge, okay? And then that morning, Sunday morning, he told the kids, told his boys, hey, if you're good for this mass at home, uh, then afterwards we'll have donuts. And they were all excited. Oh, wonderful, that's great. So anyways, kids were good during mass. He actually sent me some really cool photos of his kids' playing mass while we're celebrating mass, which is pretty precious. Uh, anyways, I'll probably throw some of those up on Instagram. They're really great. But anyways, uh, after, after mass, he went to go pull the donuts off the top of the fridge and guess was not what was not there, the donuts. And so he found out that his kindergartner, his oldest son got up early Sunday morning, saw the donuts on top of the fridge pulled a chair up, climbed up, and ate all the donuts. <laughs> every single one. Yep. He ate every single donut. Can you believe that? <laughs> that what? I, I'm actually kind of impressed. <laughs> he said the worst part about it. He said there are two just gut-wrenching moments. He said the, the first gut-wrenching moment was he realized that his son knew that there were no donuts and yet pretended as if all was good and he was going to get a donut after mass. And then he said the second gut-wrenching moment is he had explained to his younger boys, like, you don't get a donut because your <laughs> older brother ate them all. <laughs> and uh, I, anyways, the, the point of sharing this story was, I, I think, Father Matt, you and I, are, we're now starting to get a glimpse of what it's like for families when their kids can't be in school. They miss school, <laughs> apparently. 
Uh, and I imagine that many of you have like funny stories like that. And uh, just to all the families out there, to all the moms and dads who have a lot of extra time with their kids right now and they're not in school and you know they really need to be in school and you want to get them back in school, like we're praying for you. And uh, stories like this, um, just so you know, reaffirm our vocation as celibate priests. <laughs> God, God also gives us the grace. If he gives us kids, um, it's not just retribution for what we were like when we were kids, <laughs> but, he, but he's also going to give them the grace to... To, I don't know, to raise them well. Yeah, yeah. No, we just, we're, we're praying for you. And, um, you know, in a way, I actually, uh, I mean, we don't have any stories like that because obviously we don't have any kids, but we've been uh, trying really hard to really look for the Lord in these moments. Uh, and I know because many of you, are, you're at home and you're with your families and you've got crazy stuff happening and, uh, and maybe you have a lot of um, uncertainties and anxiety over all that's going on and Maybe it might be hard to see the Lord in this time. And we just really encourage you to, to really take some time and, and see where God's at work, even in the midst of all this chaos. And that's, that's what we're trying to do at, at, at home, um, in the rectory with each other, just trying to stay closely attuned to what, what God is doing right now. In seminary, we had this phrase, right? They called it theological reflection. <laughs> and, and it's, you know, maybe we didn't like it always, but the idea was to reflect and to notice where God, Theos, what, what God is doing because he's at work in everything. Um, I, I know I was uh, I was praying this morning. I was thinking about uh, last night we how we played uh, Sellers of Catan again, and uh, and I kind of did a bonehead move. I, <laughs> I I learned the lesson that you don't accept a deal from the guy who's about to win. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention the fact that I won again. Uh, however, I didn't realize at the time that I was that I was one point away from winning and that you traded me what I needed to make the point. Anyways. And then, and then I handed you the cards and then I said, wait a minute, did I just give you what you needed to win? And then Father Dan looked at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then well, Father Will goes, oh, look, oh, I just won. But anyways, but I, as I reflected on it, I was like, you know, I, I feel like my freedom to enjoy activities and maybe specifically games. Uh, I love sports. I love games and uh, my freedom to enjoy those things without having to win has really increased over the years where, you know, it would be before, you know, if I, if I played basketball and lost a game, it would ruin my whole day. Well, kind of like some people, you know, you're, you're watching, maybe you're just watching TV and your sports team uh, loses and, and people's whole day can be ruined. And, and I ref- noticed, uh, I didn't like that, but, but even today, like I, that, that's not the point. If the point is to win, then then uh, that if that's our perspective, if that was my perspective, then that's really unfortunate, and it kind of steals my peace and freedom just to enjoy being to sit, able to sit around the table and banter and have fun and to rejoice and, hey, look, you did great. You played a better strategy and than I did. You had better luck, the, the dice and all that stuff. Um, I did and, have good luck. Yeah. And so anyway, I, did, I just noticed within myself this, this freedom – uh, to notice, I don't know, what's happening around me and not just what's happening in me for, for my own agenda. Yeah. It also made me think about, you know, uh, you know, we, we finished up the two towers last night, number two of three <laughs> of the Lord of the Rings. And, and I just continue to think about this. I don't know why it sticks to me, this, the line that, that they said in the movie was, you know, Sauron does not share power. That, that the evil one makes us believe that, that, 
um, I don't know. It, it, it just we, this the selfishness feeds about what about me? What about what I need? You're not you're not doing what I want, and that really steals our peace and and we lose our ability to enjoy what what's happening in people around us or even just enjoy the people around us because we're always fixated on how's this affecting me and what about me? Whereas I think God, God is you know there, you don't really see a, a I mean there are good figures in Lord of the Rings. But there's goodness everywhere. It's it's there's community, there's relationship, and that each person is is able to rejoice in the good of the other, and they're joking, and they want each other's well being, and and even if things aren't going perfectly well for them, there's still great goodness and joy that they can experience. Yeah, and I think this topic relates beautifully uh, to our gospel today. You know, in the gospel today, there's this man. He's been 38 years. He's been essentially paralyzed, and there's this pool. Um, called the Pool of Bethesda that has like healing properties to it. You know, I'm not quite sure where that, what those healing properties come from. I don't know if this is like a, a pre-Sedona vortex thing or I don't know. <laughs> but um, anyways, there's healing properties. And this guy every day tries to get to the pool and he just can't get there in time when they stir up the waters. And for 38 years, he's been trying to get in that pool. And Jesus sees him and uh, uh, Jesus heals him. And as soon as he's healed, he, he picks up his mat and he leaves because that's what Jesus says, like, pick up your mat and go home. You know? And so he leaves and the, the, there's a group of Jews, John says the Jews, but we don't know which group, most likely it's Pharisees. They see this man walking and again, this is a guy who's been at the same place for 38 years. Like everybody knows this guy. I mean, we all uh, think of our church world. We all know somebody in the church who's been there forever, you know, and it's like, oh, there's, there's Margaret over there. She's been here for 40 years, you know, <laughs> or whatever, you know, um, but that's, that's the truth. We all know that person. And so this, this guy's been there for 38 years. They see him. And the first thing out of their mouth is, Hey, it's the, it's the Sabbath. Why are you walking around with your mat? You're not supposed to be doing that. They, there's this inability to rejoice in the fact that this man is healed. Like he's been healed. Like he's the guy who was paralyzed lying at the gate by the pool for 38 years. And the first thought is, dude, why are you carrying your mat? You know, I, to me, it's just unbelievable. And I think there's a temptation right now uh, to really look at what's going on and to say, I can't go to mass right now, or I can't do this, or I can't do that. And, oh, I've got such uncertainty about my finances. And, oh my gosh, the world is going to hell in a handbasket, you know? And just to get so lost in all that and, and fail to see the, the presence of God, you know? Yeah, it's like Jesus is right in their midst, but because he's not doing what they think he should be doing, they're, they're really not happy with it. They can't, yeah, they can't see this man was... 38 years is crippled and now he, he's healed. Like there's something really good about that. Yeah. An inability to rejoice in the, the healing power and miracle that Jesus performed. There's, there's a lot of other ways I kind of think about here and you know, 38 years, that's a long time, which, which first of all, it makes me think of perseverance, you know, that, you know, I start a new habit and how quickly I can get off track, you know, like, I'm trying to read the whole Bible in a year right now. And and I've tried it a few times before in the last few years, and then you just get distracted. Yeah. But I, I think that the Christian life a lot of times is not so much about perfection, but it's about perseverance. And so I see an element of, of perseverance there. I also see where, you know, Jesus asked him this interesting question. He says, 
do you want to be well? Because <laughs> he's, he's just sitting there. <laughs> and it's like, of course he wants to be well. But honestly, I don't know. I look around, I see people around me, and, and maybe they complain about their situation. And we look at that as like, mm. do, you, do you really want something different? Because you, yeah. keep, you keep choosing the same things. And, uh, and then Jesus asked him something. He says, okay, well, then I'm going to ask you to do something. I want you to rise, take up your mat, and walk. And so you, you actually do have to do something. But in the end, the healing, the healing comes not from the waters at all. He doesn't touch the waters, but it comes from Jesus. And so sometimes I, I think I can even have my focus on certain things that I think I need to do or that I want to do. Um, but maybe that's not God's will. Maybe it's not God's will that things happen a certain way. But at the end of the day, what do I want? You know, it's not about do I turn left or turn right, but it's the Lord. Because which way, Lord? He says, no, I am the way. Yeah. Yeah, just trusting in him and surrendering uh, kind of what we think is supposed to happen. You know, you know when I think about the, the Pharisees, you know, I'm, I'm assuming, again, it was the Pharisees here. Um, they're really concerned about the Sabbath. And I don't want to dismiss that question. You know, that was a hotly debated topic at Jesus's time. Like what kind of work should you do on the Sabbath? How uh, can you carry your mat? Like what kind of household chores can you do? Because it's a question about fidelity, you know, to honoring the Sabbath. Right. Uh, And so I'm not saying that wasn't an important question, but in that moment, was that really the conversation? Did it really need to revolve around that? You know, Jesus has just done something amazing. And I just, I look at what's going on today and yeah, I know there's, there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, and believe me as a, as a pastor, uh, like I'm, I'm very concerned. Like, how are we going to survive? You know, but at this time, like I can't answer that question right now. And what, what God wants me to focus on is just how beautiful, like his work is even in the midst of all of this, you know? And so I love hearing, you know, the stories and the feedback from people who, are just like, wow, we're really grateful for the podcast, really grateful for the live stream mass. Like, let me tell you how the Lord is working. It's just really beautiful to, to encounter that. And it, it helps us rejoice in what Jesus is doing, even in the midst of crisis. I had to, I talked to a person the other day who works in a family law office. Mm-hmm. And this person was telling me normally they get about 40 calls a day for just different issues or settling disputes, you know, litigation. Yeah. And they said that right now they're getting about three calls a day. Wow. And, and it makes me just think, like, on one hand, they could say, well, we're, we're not getting business and we're not going to be able to pay the bills because we're not getting whatever. But if you step back and say, what is God doing here? It's like maybe maybe couples at home are actually choosing to come together and try to figure it out. Yeah. That instead of turning to the lawyer, they're actually turning to each other. And, and I pray finding solutions and peace um, to work things out, which is better for all those people involved. Yeah. And, and so it's almost like, so maybe things aren't happening the way I want. I think, you know, not being able to go to mass. I think there's some people who are really, really bothered. Obviously, we should be bothered in this sense. Yeah. By it. But yeah. like, but are we bothered because, wait, I'm not fulfilling my obligation and God's not going to be happy with me. And all of a sudden I'm like, ah, my OCD kicks in, which is very different than saying like, I just, the Eucharist and mass really helped me to connect with the Lord and my relationship with the Lord. And I really miss that. But then to say, okay, so it can't happen exactly the way I want or was thinking according to my laws, like the Pharisees, the Jewish people here in the, in the scriptures. But, but to step back and say, no, but I can, let's turn to the Lord. Let's focus on that relationship of which the sacraments and mass help that. Um, 
but to say, what is God doing and how is he inviting me to be more disciplined in my own prayer, to seek him more in my own home so that one day when I can go back to mass, I have both. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really important. Just one of my prayers throughout this whole thing is, uh, Lord, in the absence of the Eucharist, like give your people zeal. So then when they return to the Eucharist, um, they'll just love you even more, you know? Um, yeah. So I just, to all the people at home, all our listeners, like we know you got real struggles, but just try to find the Lord in the midst of that. Like he's there. Um, we just have to open our eyes and, you know, sometimes we see what we want to see. And I think you mentioned that like people who tend to have almost a, a real negative disposition. It's almost like they're looking for negativity. They want the negativity, like that question, do I want to be healed? You know, but look for the Lord, like he's there. And sometimes we just have to change what we're looking for. You know, what's that? I think there's like a medical expression for it when like somebody's sick and then a bunch of people see that person sick and then they all get sick, but they're not really sick or they mimic the symptoms. Do you know what that is? I can't think of that word. No, I don't know, but there's, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So. There's some like medical condition for that. And, um, like we, I think negativity can be very contagious, you know, um, concerns can, I mean, obviously we have legitimate concerns. I'm not saying that, but if we're not looking for Jesus, it's real easy to close ourselves and, off. And maybe him. that's the key. Maybe it's the Lord actually wants to hear what's going on. Yeah. That when things are bothering me, this crippled person who 38 years, like the Lord cares about him. He wants to hear his plight. He wants to know what it's like for him. And when we actually bring that to the Lord, that that's where we're going to find healing, peace, and we'll be able to actually see things from his perspective. So, yeah. so it's not about putting my stuff aside on the back burner. It's actually bringing it to him and saying, Lord, I have real concerns here, real worries. I have real needs. And the Lord says, tell me all about them. And, and it's, it's after <sighs> getting all that out and going to the Lord, then I have a greater freedom and peace to, to know that he's there for me and then I can relax and, and maybe see things from his perspective. Legit points, Lowry. Legit points. Too legit. Too legit to quit. Hey, hey. Sorry. I make a lot of pop references. I'm glad I can win on the podcast. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> I'll just kick. No. But I actually still want to play a game. I still want to like, oh, I'm enjoying Oh, you got it. the Catan itch. Yeah, okay. All right. Not because I have to win or want, I mean, I'd like to win. Don't get me wrong. But, but I just, I, I think I'm able to enjoy what's happening, even just our priestly life here in the rectory and like there's new things happening and I do think, I hope these are some of the new things that will remain even after things say, go back to what we thought was normal before. Yeah. Amen to that. You know, it's a new chapter. It's always a new chapter. There's no such thing as going back with the Lord who makes all things new that, that how can I receive what he's doing new now and allow that to propel me forward into the next chapter in an even better way. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, Father Matt, would you, uh, Close us out in prayer today. Sure, absolutely. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, you who are always at work, you whose ways are high above our ways and your thoughts above our thoughts, and yet you choose to reveal yourself, especially through the gift of your Son, Jesus, that we might know about your inner life and your love for us. Lord, help us to recognize our dignity this, this day as your beloved sons and daughters able to cry out to you to bring to you our concerns, our needs, our wants, and to know that your greatest desire is to answer those needs in the way that's best for us, even if it's different than what we, we want. And so, Lord, we lift up 
ourselves, all the people listening to this podcast, you who love them even more than we do, you who love our families even more than we do. Lord, we give you permission to continue to bring to completion the good work you've begun in us. And Mary, we ask for your intercession and protection over all of us. You might teach us how to live the hidden life of Nazareth, uh, to grow in obedience and charity and patience as we pray. Hail Mary, full, full of grace, grace, the Lord, Lord is with thee. thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mary Mother of God, God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening, and uh, hopefully talk to you tomorrow. Take care. God bless.